This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend, Marku Alexander. She is the Packaging Sustainability Manager at Danone. How are you, Marku? I'm doing well, Corey. How are you? I'm doing great. It was so awesome to meet you at Circularity 23, put on by Green Biz. Our mutual friend, Adam Peake, introduced us or insisted that we meet, and I'm thankful that he did that. But let's talk about you. Tell us about your background a little bit. How'd you get into packaging? Well, not the typical route that most people (laughs) take. I am not a packaging engineer by trade. I actually went to college to become a psychologist. But I always say that getting a bachelor's degree in psychology is applicable literally anywhere. (laughs) Especially raising kids, right? (laughs) But I kind of fell into packaging. I had been working in customer service management and inside sales. And I started working for a packaging company in Seattle about 20 years ago. And that's really where I found my love of packaging, specifically sustainable packaging. It's where I met my husband. We met on the job. And then about 10 years ago, we moved from Seattle to Boise to raise our girls near family. And that's where I landed a job as packaging sustainability. Well, really, it wasn't so sustainable at the time, definitely much more so now, but doing packaging development for Happy Family Organics, which is an organic baby food company who is owned by Danone. So I spent my first eight years at within Danone, specifically at Happy Family really focused on all of the packaging development for the full company, but then really became passionate about sustainability. And then a role opened up within Danone North American, the the larger enterprise. So I got to switch gears and do sustainability full-time, which I love, but I still get very close ties to all my friends at Happy Family. So that's, I appreciate that. That's a good story. Usually something like that will come about and you'll have to leave because somebody will get consolidated, but it sounds like oh. you're able to stay within the family of companies. And that's a, that's really cool. Well, when I started Happy Family in 2013, they had just been acquired by Danone. Mm. So for the first few years I was with the company, we were still very much operating as our own small little, well, growing baby food company. But then as the years went on, it was becoming more and more integrated within Danone, a lot more resources and opportunities within the company. So it was really a great transition for me. I still absolutely love Happy Family, always will. And the fact I still get to work with them among all the other brands, is pretty ideal. That's excellent. And I know your line of food is very difficult to package sustainably. So I'm excited to hear about that. But what is your focus on a day-to-day basis? You're talking about possible new materials. Tell us more. All of the above. So really, yeah, my focus um, at Within Danone, and there's really just two of us focused on packaging sustainability, myself and Sam Harrington, who's the director of packaging sustainability. And we're really strongly focused on meeting all, well, building out and meeting all of Danone's packaging circularity goals. And then we have this very 
um, in-depth decarbonization roadmap that we're working towards. We're part of the SBTI commitments. So it's looking at all of the things. What's the right format? What's the right material? Can we switch to something reusable or is, can we switch to something that's bio-based? So it's really looking at all the different options because we have so many different types of food products. Danone has brands like Silk and Stoke and So Delicious. And so a lot of dairy yogurt products and then a lot of plant-based milk products. So it's it really runs the gambit. So we really need solutions for each different type of product. Right. And kids brands that are yeah. packaged differently. And mm-hmm. we were talking about Dan and earlier, my kids love those yogurts and the different products that you make. So keep up the good work for sure. We appreciate it. Can you tell us what SBTI stands for? I, I like to define acronym and acronyms. Yes. Yeah, so it's science-based targets initiative. So Danone, along with, I think there's 4,000 companies now that have been signed on to meet these really challenging um, decarbonization goals to to meet the 1.5 Celsius carbon reduction. So it's focused on all aspects of our business, agricultural, raw, pack, all of the different aspects. But of course, my focus is on the packaging and sustainability side. And what can we do to reduce our carbon footprint by 2030 and then beyond? There's And there's been some amazing innovations in those different things, including all the way back to how do we raise the cattle to, or how do we feed the cattle that where we get the milk from? I read a study the other day about if you feed them this, it will reduce their car, their methane emissions by this much. And it's incredible. It's exciting. There are some really interesting <laughs> innovations out there on how to capture methane from cows you should uh, do a little google search it's pretty funny <laughs> i could see some cartoons there that that sounds oh, for sure. good i'm sure there's names <laughs> out there tell tell me about how you enjoyed the experience at uh, circularity 23 i thought it was really awesome this year i've been going since i think 2018 mm. um and what i really loved this year well one one it's in seattle which <laughs> So the fact that it was in Seattle, which is, I used to live there for many years. So being back in the Pacific Northwest is always a pleasure. And Seattle's a great city to host a, a, an event like that. But what I really loved so much is that it's it felt really authentic mm-hmm. and real. There was a lot of real talk, which I appreciate. All of the panels, it didn't feel like canned responses. I felt like there was a, a really good group, mixed group of individuals from across the value chain specifically talking about what we can do to work together to improve circularity overall. I also love that it's not just packaging. It's not just food. It's a lot of different industries and there's a lot to be learned from different business, different businesses from what we do. And so I just thought it was just such a real authentic discussion that was happening. And that was, I mean, not only within the, the panels and the the different sessions, but the conversations that would just organically happen at lunch or during, a, right. you know, so I felt re-energized, which I don't yeah. always feel after going to a conference. And I go to a lot of conferences each year. That's a great point. Some Sometimes you come back and you're drained because it's mm-hmm. the same old, but you're exactly right. And you were on a panel, right? You were a speaker. I was, yeah. And it's so refreshing, I think is the right word, like you said, to feel like people are going back to real talk and saying, okay, 
Yeah. And even <laughs> prepping for that, we didn't prep. We didn't have, okay, we're going to ask this question and that. It was all very kind of on the fly, but really in-depth conversation. And it was more conversational and it allowed for the audience to become more involved. And so there was really great conversation back and forth, yeah. which I think is a lot more valuable to a situation like that. You don't get those large group conversations very often, especially with people from all different sectors. So it opened up a lot of discussions that wouldn't have happened if it was so, okay, This we have this much time for this question, this much time. Right. It was really, it was, I feel like they're more moving to that now. And I think as everyone's working toward the same goal, there's not this blame game that I used to see in the past. Right. It's this real, like, how do we collaborate together? and work toward this goal that's really hard and we all have a full play <laughs> right that's exactly it it's really hard mm -hmm. and I, th I think people are acknowledging that finally saying listen we we thought this would be a little easier or we thought this would be a little less complicated or we didn't realize how much time it would take for the municipalities to catch up or oh, uh, sure. recycling and, facilities. And that's in recycling or in, in really in any aspect of sustainability, it's going to remain very difficult because it's kind of piecemealing or what I can do where I live is different than what you can do. So try to explain that to a consumer who doesn't live and breathe this every single day. It's super yeah. hard. That's one of the key themes I think that I heard was um, pre-competition huh. and and getting together with other brands that are similar to yours before you launch something new and saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this. Do you think that it would work for you? Do you think that we could team up with and the, the whole group there and say, let's move to this kind of packaging so that it's recyclable uh -huh. or, or we know that the MRFs will, can use this. Uh, did you hear that same thing? Yeah, absolutely. And it's having those conversations with the end markets and the MRFs and at the design phase, at the right. front end, is what we're developing that we think is right based on <laughs> APR guidelines and all that is what we're doing the actual right decision because we don't want to spend all this time and resources doing what we think is right and then it still needing to be fixed. That's the last thing anyone wants. And one of the things I do within my role, I spend a lot of my time um, representing Danone and external organizations focused around packaging sustainability. So yeah. the U.S. Plastics Pack, the Recycling Partnership, SPC, that sort of thing. And what I love so much about participating in those is that I'm talking to the suppliers and the MRF, the different MRF operators and the city. It's literally everyone in the value chain. And we all have a seat at the table and we're having these valuable discussions that then I can take back to my organization and be like, okay, here's the deal. But also it's making connections with people that I wouldn't already, I wouldn't have had another opportunity to, to, to let me, I can't answer this. Let me just bug Steve Alexander at APR <laughs> and see what he has to say. Like I have made these, I forged these relationships with people in the industry. So if we have a really difficult question or situation, I know how to find the answer. I know someone who can lead me to someone who can help us out. So really it's yeah. about collaboration and making, building those relationships. Cause again, we all are working toward the same end goal. Yeah. And so I think those external, I'm always telling companies, if you're not a part of these groups, join. It's how you have a voice in a stake in the game. And it really, your voice does get heard. Yes.
Very true. The Sustainable Packaging Coalition, the U.S. Plastics Pact, I moderated the panel for the U.S. Plastics Pact at the at Circularity 23. You and did it a was, great job. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it, it was so fun. And like you said, we didn't prepare a lot in advance other than a brief presentation from each uh, winner. There were four winners to this year's awards for sustainable innovations. And I was amazed how the crowd reacted and immediately had questions and wanted to be involved. And then the feedback I'm getting from my customers and and our company's customers at Aurora is amazing. They're so excited about these sustainable alternatives to these old materials. So Yeah, I was so impressed by the the different companies that won and a lot of them aren't necessarily specifically applicable to what you know what my company does but it gets my it gets me thinking about well could this could this, something like this work in this regard but just right. it's so refreshing to see these new innovations and it does it gets people thinking in a new way and we have to that's how we innovate yeah. right we talk yeah. to each other and we spitball ideas and we say hey have you thought of this and, or like you said reach out to your friends in these organizations or go to these events these events used to be a lot more social and less information and and now they're becoming more exciting information and social so it's fun to have both agreed you got to have all work and no play you can't have that <laughs> well and like you said some of the best conversations were the ones over over coffee at 7:30 right. or over a cocktail at at 6 mm-hmm. and really making big changes in big ways, but I'd love to talk about maybe an example of a project you've done at, at Danone that was uh, very successful for sustainability, or maybe a project that you're working on that you're excited about. A quick break for our sponsor this month. Now is the time to go beyond recycling. SmartSolve pioneers certified bio-based water-soluble packaging technologies that empower consumers and businesses to effortlessly reduce plastic waste. Our non-toxic materials quickly and completely disperse when combined with water and agitation, thus making them easily recyclable, biodegradable, and even zero-waste. If zero-waste packaging interests you, please contact us today at info at smartsolve.com. Oh, gosh, there's so many exciting projects. Well, one thing I'm really excited about is finally getting some PCR into packaging. Um, The majority of our products within Danone North America, the beverage side, are in HDPE. And if you look out there, there's not a lot of food products yet in recycled HDPE. And so we've been working really hard with our procurement team and the PAC R&I team and our suppliers and so we're getting ready to implement PCR into a couple of our brands. And awesome. it's just exciting to see what that does in terms of being better for the planet, obviously, but what it does to reducing your carbon footprint. I mean, right. it's a win-win. It's always tricky when it comes to supply for food grade PCR yeah. and, and making sure that there's the, as we kept hearing it, Circularity 23, long-term contracts. But making right. sure that there's ample supply to fulfill your volume requirements. Right. So that's something I'm really excited about and looking forward to seeing that on shelf. 
Um, another thing that we, which I was on the panel for at Circularity 23, is that our company is one of the first companies to pilot the new um, platform within the recycling partnership called Recycle Check. Hmm. So it's a QR code that will be on our Horizon half gallon cartons where you can scan and it gives you real time data based on the recycling partnerships national database. So wow. it'll tell you where you're standing in that moment when you scan the QR code, if that specific carton is recyclable in your community. And oh, so wow. when you scan it where you live in Oregon versus where I am in Boise, it's going to say two different things because we cannot recycle cartons in Boise, even though it has that widely recyclable how to recycle label. So it's just adding that much more accuracy and I think will help consumers feel more confident if that they're making the right decision when they can scan that and know, okay, yes, I for sure can recycle that here or no, I need to put this in the trash. That's an incredible step and so critical to the future of a sustainable economy and circular economy for packaging materials, especially when you're trying to use PCR uh, Uh and for those listening, that's post-consumer recycled material. And because we need, like you said, a supply chain and you have to create the waste almost to use the waste. But exactly, that's exciting to know that consumers will be able to get real live data like that. When I feel bad for consumers, because it is super confusing. When I was sitting on the panel, I was talking with this group of this audience. Hardly anyone in that room was from Seattle. Mm -hmm. What do do you know what to do with a packaging component that you need to dispose of when you're somewhere where you don't live? It's hard enough to remember the rules where you do live. So (laughs) this QR code, like this recycle check is going to make it very simple to scan and then know exactly what to do. And it really ties well with how to recycle, which we also utilize Mm -hmm. in providing transparent, accurate information to a consumer because they want to do the right thing. That's wish cycling is because people are wanting to do the right thing. It just may not be going where it's supposed to be. And exactly. That actually is worse. It uh, causes more problems when people try to recycle or wish cycle something that it just frankly isn't recyclable in that area so you're better off uh, saving the MRF the time the the material recycling facility the time of having to sort that and then throw it away rather better to just throw it away which i know is hard but you know it's hard (laughs) especially when it's got two recycle symbols on it well that's the whole other thing yeah but it's then it, it can empower a consumer to say, okay, why isn't my municipality, why isn't why doesn't my town allow these to go in the bin? And they can have this local, a local approach to even improving recyclability. Right. But then also overall improving, increasing recycling, but also reducing that contamination. We yeah. need both. Yeah. Yes. It's all the steps have to work together in, in unison. That's an excellent point. Well, I have to ask, what's your favorite Danone product? Do you have one? Oh, <laughs> I feel bad. Admit, I know. There's, there yeah. are a lot of products that I love, but my yeah. absolute favorite is definitely Stoke Cold Brew. Love mm-hmm. it. So good. I I have to agree with you. Cold Brew is uh, delicious. And uh, really, I can drink black coffee all day long and just enjoy it. But do they have different flavors? Tell, tell yeah, us about there's it. different. There's like the bold and then there's the lighter and then the... <laughs> But I'm all about the bold, no mm-hmm. flavor, no sweetener, Mm-mm. little half and half. It's to have one when we get off this call. <laughs> it sounds really good. I mean, the afternoon pick me up. 
Yeah. But I'm telling you, and I've tried other brands and I'm not even being biased. It's just, I feel like it's the best one. Hey, that's a good feeling to work for the company that makes the best or your favorite of something. That's really cool. And I will say when I was working, when I first started working at Happy Family, I had little kids. And so they loved everything. And they talked, they called it mom's going to snack work. <laughs> snack stuff home from snack work. Yeah. So, but we do, we have a lot of different products that my family loves. In fact, we were in McCall over the weekend. It's a little lake town here in Idaho. And I kept joking because it was all these different families who brought all the different food to share. And I kept saying, you guys, are you guys trying to like butter me up? Because they had all these, <laughs> had like silk and so delicious and Oikos mm. and all these Danone brands. I was like, did you guys bring all this on purpose to like <laughs> butter me up or something? <laughs> oh, we didn't even know that was one of the brands you guys own. I was like, there's a lot. I know. I love that. Well, it's nice to have that support from friends and family, isn't it? It is. Yes. Well, I wanted to discuss the possibility of using reusable packaging for the kinds of of products that you provide and would love to know your thoughts on the future of that. Well, I'm a big fan. I'm going to show this to you. Do you see this? This is an old clay Dannon yogurt pot from way back in the day. Yeah. And that's what all the yogurt used to come in. So obviously very reusable. So Sam Harrington and I both have one of these. He got it for me. We have it on our desk as inspiration of reusable packaging. So definitely <laughs> would love to see more reusable packaging out there. I think it's so smart. It makes so much sense. I think it's really tricky um, yeah. when it comes to how do we broaden this and, and make it scalable. Right. Um, I think certain products are certain products are easier to do in a reusable format. Yep. But I think there's so much opportunity and I would love to see it happen. It's just whoever figures out the, well, not the whole thing needs to be collaboration, but right. you know, the reverse logistics and the cleaning and getting consumers engaged with, with returning it back to the store. But I do see a huge opportunity and I really hope we can get it to be a, at a point where it's scalable. We've yep. had some really positive results from pilots that have been done in Europe with some of our Danone products. Right. There's baby food and yogurt, and, but I'd love to see it scale more and, and have the opportunity to do it in the U.S. We've, we're looking at all options. A lot of our products are in the refrigerator set, and that's not well-established for reusable packaging yet. Right. To see that happen. But yeah, I'm a big fan. That's exciting to hear. I'm going to keep in touch with you about as we learn about these new materials that are and these new systems that make it so you can reuse the packaging materials. Yeah, where I see it being so successful and working really well, and I want to see more of it, is at concert venues or game mm-hmm. places where you it's easier to capture the material and it's easier to make that infrastructure work for cleaning and refilling and all of that. I would love to see that scale more, but I, it makes so much sense. I've been to so many concerts where I'm just, my heart palpitates for the amount of plastic (laughs) cups I see in the trash can. And I'm like, no, Mark, you're supposed to be having fun. (laughs) So I love to see it happen in venues like that or in sporting events. I think that is a great place to really get people to understand what it is, get comfortable with it, and then start to see it move out of closed, closed arenas. I agree. The R Cup, a company yeah. that that sponsored or provided cups for Circularity Twenty Three, was right on. 
And exactly like you said, we've got these people in a closed area. They're going to have a couple beers or a couple drinks, mm-hmm. and uh, you might as well recover those cups to be used at the next event. Oh, very good yeah. point. So it makes so much sense. It's like, yeah. let's keep that, let's get that everywhere. Yes. Well, I think you're right. And stay tuned for more of that, people listening. How do people get in touch with you, Marku? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. You can find me there. It's probably, you could email me. Yeah. But yeah, you can come to Boise and flag me down. (laughs) But I'd say, yeah, probably LinkedIn is the easiest way to get a hold of me. Right on. Well, thank you so much for this, your time and your wisdom and your friendship. I appreciate it so much and really looking forward to posting this episode. If you're listening, make sure you've subscribed so you don't miss the next episode. And thank you, Aurora Packaging Solutions, for sponsoring this podcast. Stay tuned for more. This episode is sponsored by Specrite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive Mr. Matthew Wright, helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specrite.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.